I will build my life on you. The key word there is alone. And I will not be shaken. Because if you mix where you're, what you're building your life on, if, you're, if you mix it with some other things besides the Lord, then uh, you get shaken. Yeah, you do. Um, I just want everyone to know that St. Patrick's Day will not be canceled this year. It will be happening. And, uh, you know, the Irish are not too given to worrying. So, hey, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I, I, I had, had a few Irish jokes that kind of floated through my head. No, just won't, won't be going there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, let me, let me just say... Uh, 100,000 welcomes to all of you. I appreciate you being here. And those, those who are watching um, online, listen, I would rather you be at home watching online because that's what you feel like God told you to do than be here out of a guilty conscience. I absolutely would. So uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to all of you. Uh, now, would you stand with me? And uh, you know, if you're at home and you want to feel like you're here, you can just... <laughs> Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray, I thank you for the Prince of Peace. I pray that your presence would be here and that, that everyone would be impacted by it and that, that everyone would, would feel the, the safety and the joy of dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, what a couple of weeks, huh? Uh, yeah, the, the tornado that uh, you, you do remember the tornadoes, right? Those, uh, we, we tend to have very short attention spans, tiny, tiny little attention spans. But uh, the tornadoes that came week four last, I guess it was now. And then, uh, and then this week, this week I posted on Facebook that is a sign of the apocalypse, people. <laughs> yes, indeed, it is. But I woke up one morning and went, yeah, mm, yeah, I really need to do this. God told me to do it. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, no, novel coronas, whatever you, what is in a name anyway, you know? Uh, it's prompted. Somebody was. Somebody remembers last Sunday. Uh, has prompted some dramatic responses. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff been canceled. A lot of sporting events. I mean, the different kind of March Madness this year than, uh, than what it's been in, in years past. Uh, the amusement parks. If you're planning on going to Disney World. Of course, I know that nobody plans for that in the future. They just get up one morning and decide, let's go. But uh, it's not going to be open. It's closed. 
If you were thinking about going to New York and seeing a play on Broadway, closed. Uh, a lot of stuff closed. Um, and the first thing that I think about when, you know, that was happening, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I like all this stuff, but my first thought was, you know, the wow, those people whose paychecks, you know, depended on this. That was, that's the first thing that, this is a, this is a, this is a thing for them. A big thing has nothing to do with, with getting sick. Um, a lot of draconian measures uh, taken uh, sometimes by public officials while sending confusing and often conflicting messages. And it, and it tends to sow um, fear and anxiety. And those things are toxic to faith, which is what we're supposed to live by. Which is what we're supposed to talk about. So we're in, we're in a very toxic atmosphere. Once again, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, with, with one's physical condition. And I, I, uh, I changed today's sermon to, uh, to address fear and perhaps give some spiritual guidance. Um, the title of the sermon had been going to be, the topic was going to be Know the Prologue. And that just simply means uh, a prologue is what sets up what's taking place currently, what's taking place right now. And another, another phrase that could be substituted for this is find the context. Because context is very important uh, in understanding what's going on around you. I'll never forget, at least I don't think I will. Who knows what I'll remember tomorrow. <laughs> but I'll, I'll uh, never forget Bruce, Bruce Coble telling a story. This, this was at least 40 years ago. He had been on the interstate, and uh, this person was driving really slow. And Bruce was kind of boxed in behind this person, and he was getting a little aggravated. And when I say really slow, I mean, we're, we're talking like 45 or something on the interstate. And, uh, and, and Bruce was getting really, really aggravated about this time. And finally, things kind of cleared out where he could get around the person. And so he pulls out, and he's driving around the person, you know, and gives them that, that look that you, that you give to people who do things like that. And uh, the guy was crying. And Bruce went, oh, ooh. And, it, uh, and it, it's something that really stuck with me because um, especially when it comes to other people, you don't know the context. And we are, we, we're notorious for deciding why somebody did something. You know, and as a, as a pastor, I had to learn to get over that pretty quick because that'll eat your lunch very, very quickly. But uh, I, I had to learn to real. And usually the reason why we think they did something is not at all what they thought. I mean, you know, not at all what was going on inside of them. And most of the time it's, it's a negative uh, motive that we attribute to them. And it messes us up toward them because we think that. Now, the, the other time is when a guy thinks, you know, oh, she likes me. You know, no, she probably doesn't. You're just delusional. <laughs> but we, we have a tendency to jump into situations and make decisions without, without thinking about the context. And uh, in the natural times of trouble, times of extreme trouble are not unprecedented by any means. Uh, this was my grandfather. This was Joseph Meek, and he was born in 1874. 
Uh, he died in, in his, he was a sharecropper, died in his mid-40s in the uh, Spanish influenza epidemic in 19, 1920. Uh, and he left a widow with six kids. And like I say, he was a sharecropper. He was not a cap, captain of industry. And, uh, and less than a decade later, the Great Depression comes along and times were hard. But they survived. They survived, and they and they loved each other. You know, it was maybe in some ways a richer life than a lot of people have who's got too much stuff. Fear-inspiring events come around pretty often. How many of you are old enough to remember the the Cuban Missile Crisis? All of the other old people are staying at home because they're old people. But, but us, <laughs> oh, I remember that day very well. I was in junior high, and I remember getting on the bus to go to school and thinking, I, this, I, I may never see my parents again. I yeah. have no idea if we'll be going home tonight. It, it, was, it was grim. It was a, it was a very grim day uh, when it came along. Um, you, you don't have to be quite as old to remember the uh, the, the swine flu panic of 1976, which turned out to be a dud, but uh, the, uh, uh, the vaccine that they rushed to the, uh, um, to the market uh, turned out to be pretty bad stuff because it was the wrong stuff uh, for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, those, those situations happen. Uh, many of you may remember this thing, Y2K. There are a lot of survival, survival manuals for Y2K, that, and, and they must have worked because everybody did. <laughs> but it was bad stuff. I mean, you know, Leonard Nimoy is uh, the host of this, and he's a Vulcan. And he looks very serious. And if you get your hands on a copy of this, you can watch it at home on your very own VHS player. Uh, <laughs> You know, but more recently, the SARS uh, virus, which was uh, also a coronavirus type, and uh, Ebola. Uh, I mean, things that come along that happen, and we have a history. Well, all of mankind kind of does, but we're particularly susceptible to it. We have a history of reacting with panic, reacting with fear to things. When I first came to the church, it was 1988. And uh, that, that summer, this little pamphlet came out called 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Return in 1988. And they uh, get it. It's kind of clever. 88, 88. Yeah. Uh, and, and it gave the date that he was going to return. <clears throat> and sure enough, the Sunday before his return, we had visitors at church. And, and, and they, you know, they gave their life to Jesus that day. Uh, the next week, Jesus did not return and neither did they. <laughs> sort of a, a panic thing that was going on. Um, have you ever been in Middle Tennessee when they're predicting snow? <laughs> yeah, boy, I mean, the bread and the milk just flies off of the, off of the shelves. But what is this all about? 
I mean, really, does anybody actually know? What? Being stuck in your house, so you need a six-month supply of toilet paper? Yeah, there are leaves outside, and has anybody ever heard of a washcloth? And water. Huh? Okay, yeah, so I mean... Huh? Well, I don't know how many people still have a Sears and Roebuck catalog, but but I got a. <laughs> I did get a flyer in the mail this last week that would probably work, and you know, it just when you eat corn on the cob, just don't throw the cobs away. I heard someone, uh, I, I read someone suggesting that what, need, what the government needs to do is create a strategic reserve for toilet paper and hide some in, in the Rocky Mountains somewhere so that people will be assured that we will always have a supply of toilet paper. Uh, and if you think that's a good idea, then you're part of the problem. I'm not saying there's no need for concern. You know, I, I'm definitely not saying that. Uh, but I am saying this, if you've got a big supply of stuff at home and what you're thinking is, whether it's toilet paper or spam or whatever it may happen to be, and what you're thinking is, you know, when it comes, I'm going to be ready. And, you know, these, these people who didn't prepare it, too bad on them. Shame on you. Shame on you. You know, now if you've got it and you're kind of thinking, you know, my... my my neighbors made it. The Bible says, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. And it's true. It's true. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with all the measures that have been taken, but what do I know? I don't know anything. Uh, but uh, I do agree with the idea, you know, of not having thousands of people together because, you know, the thing can spread exponentially. Uh, you know, if you got thousands of people together, somebody's got it. You know, and if, if they in, infect 10 more, then that 10 will get another 10. So, you know, I, I, I absolutely get, get that. Uh, but I'm saying there's no need to fear. And let me, let me just say this about those of you who are here today. Um, you know, two things. One, uh, do be respectful of, I mean, it's, it's not, we're not here to show, hey, I'm not afraid. You know, do be respectful if somebody is, is, is being reticent about, you know, wanting to make physical contact, respect that. That's, that's fine. They're here, you know. And, and the second thing is, you know, something else that's contagious is a smile. You know, you can give them that. Let's practice. Some of you aren't practicing. <laughs> come on, come on, let's, let's, let, you know, let's practice. Just look at somebody and, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're never fully dressed without a smile. That's for sure. <laughs> Maybe I should tell some of those Irish jokes. I don't know. <laughs> Fear causes us to act irrationally. From the ridiculous toilet paper 
Do we not have a domestic supply of toilet paper anywhere? Is, is, do we import all of our toilet paper? Huh? We don't make it? But we make washcloths and leaves. Okay, okay good. Yeah, we got that. Uh, but from the ridiculous to the, to the tragic. You know, people have been, have been, innocent people have been killed because of panics. You know, just, uh, just slaughtered. I've been told, and I, and I have no reason to doubt it, that fear actually uh, affects the immune system in a negative way. Uh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. I'll probably get sick. I'll probably get sick. I'll probably get sick. Oh, my goodness, I'm sick. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Fear caused King Saul to lose his kingdom and ultimately to lose his life. That's, that's what happened to him. I mean, he started out great, and, and he had everything going for him, but he got into a situation with the Philistines, and the Philistine army was growing, and his army was, was shrinking, and he was waiting on Samuel to come and offer the, the sacrifice, and Samuel was late in coming. Uh, he... Samuel would make a good member of Springhouse. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, no Irish jokes. Uh, Samuel was late in coming, and, and Saul went ahead and offered the sacrifice. And why did he do that? Well, well he did it because he and his army were quaking with fear at the enemy. Yeah. Now, they ultimately defeated that enemy because his son, Jonathan, had a, had a very different attitude, and his attitude was, you know, the Lord's able to, to deliver whether by, by few or by many. Let's just go do it. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. But they were quaking with fear. And here's, here's something. This may be why some of you are here today or why some of you are listening today. Fear doesn't rest. You can't compartmentalize fear and go, well, I'm fearful in this area, but everything else is okay. Fear is progressive. If you, if you allow it into your life, it will continue to, to acquire more and more territory in your life. And so, so it was with, with Saul. I mean, you can kind of go, okay, well, I can see, yeah, they got 10,000 and we got 25. We might be in trouble here. Uh, you know, I, I can see uh, maybe being afraid of the enemy, but his, his, the next step on the road, he was, he was given an assignment to go and uh, wipe out the Amalekites and everything that they had. And he didn't do it. And when Samuel shows up, Samuel goes, well, what's all this stuff that you brought back? Are these, these sheep and these cattle and, you know, the, the, the king, you, you spared him. What, what's that all about? And and, and at first of all, uh, Saul started making excuses, but when he ultimately owned up to it, uh, he said, I've sinned, I've violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. I was afraid of the enemy then, now I'm afraid of these folks. I'm, I'm afraid of the ones on my own side. And, and it got even worse, because this man named David came into his life, came into his camp. 
And David loved Saul, and David would not lay a hand on Saul, but Saul tried to kill him. And the reason why he did is Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David and had departed from Saul. David was the greatest gift that that God ever gave to Saul's kingdom, and he couldn't receive it because fear had come into his life and had taken over. And so you don't want to let even a little bit of that in because it will start gaining territory. And fear is not from God. Over in Romans chapter 14, and you know, I think if, if the church had used Romans chapter 14 as sort of a foundational uh, passage, more so than some other passages, we probably would have converted the world by now. Uh, it, it starts off by saying, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own mastery stands or falls. You don't know the context. Just, just you know, take care of your own business. And when it, when it comes to most of the things in life, there are a few things that you kind of go, okay, that's always wrong. That's always right. But the other 98% of life, it's what has God said to your heart? And that chapter ends up by saying everything that does not come from faith is sin. And it's the same thing when it, when it comes to fear. Fear and faith cannot coexist. They, they are the antithesis of each other. And, and it's sin. It's sin. Uh, you may say, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, I get immorality being sin. And, um, you know, I, 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 what's, what's the other big one that we... Immorality is the one we talk about all the time. That's a marquee sin. Uh, you know, some, some of these marquee sins, I get it, but fear being sin, yeah, fear is sin. In fact, over in Revelation, when it talks about those who are, who are, who are, who are condemned, who are damned, the first, first group on the list is the fearful. Because sin is falling short of God's glory. We all sin, but yeah. And fear robs us of our joy. You know, have you ever noticed that you're never really joyful when you're scared? You know? Fear robs us of our joy, and that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Which other one? Oh, yes, meekness. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah. No Irish jokes. And, uh, but fear comes along, and we, and we just have a tendency to just kind of open the door. Well, come right on in here, Mr. Fear. Have a seat right here. Now, don't get up and go to these other rooms. But you, just, you just sit right there. A hundred thousand welcomes to you. you know. And, and what we're basically saying is, Holy Ghost, you don't get this seat. You can't have this part of my life. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Fear, fear is, not, is not from God. And if a spirit of fear is not from God, where does it come from? It's not a rhetorical question. I'm asking a question. If, if, if fear, if the spirit of fear is not from God, where does it come from? It comes from the enemy of our souls. 
That's where it comes from. And we're one of the most fearful cultures on earth for a couple of reasons. One, because we got so much stuff. And somebody might get our stuff. And two, because fear sells. Boy, does it ever, you know. You may have, you may be suffering from, you should talk to your doctor about our, do you ever feel tired? (laughs) If you do, you might be suffering from blah, 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 and you need our stuff here to take care of it. I think we're the only industrialized nation that allows uh, medical commercials. Because it sells. You need to buy this to protect your family. Well, there's some things you need to buy to protect your family, but you need to let God tell you what those things are. Vote for me. I'll protect you. Yeah, right. Like the arm of the flesh never fails us, does it? Psalm 91 starts out saying, whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shelter of the Almighty. The Almighty. Power and love and a sound mind. Ephesians Ephesians 5 uh, talks about a sound mind. It says, be very careful then about how you live. Uh, We're talking careful. Careful and fear are two different things. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Tells us to be careful about how we live. We are not to do stupid things. Now, for, uh, for years, anytime I used that word, anytime I, I, I said the word stupid, uh, I got a bunch of flack back. And, and, I, and I get it. Uh, you know, you don't want to call somebody stupid because, first of all, you don't know the context. Okay. But that doesn't mean that stupid is not a legitimate concept or a legitimate word. How many of you have ever done anything stupid? I didn't ask if you were stupid. I said, have you ever done anything stupid? Okay. Well, I guess when you're a teenager, you don't do stupid things. Uh, <laughs> Yes. And in fact, in the first service, somebody yelled out every day. Bless you, my child. Uh, Don't spend all your money on magic beans. Don't walk down a dark street in the wrong part of town at night. Don't play with fire. There There are things that... Be careful how you live. Have some wisdom. It says, be wise. And as I was looking at uh, pictures of owls uh, to put up uh, for, the, for the be wise thing, it occurred to me one of the reasons why owls are symbols of wisdom. And it's because of the way they can look at you like, you did what? <laughs> really? Like no other animal, they can, they, can give you, they can give you that look. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And if you fear the Lord, you don't have to fear anything else. 
be careful, be wise in how you live, but you don't have to fear anything. And if you fear other stuff, you don't fear the Lord. You might say you do. You might hope you do. Well, I, f- I fear the Lord in these three rooms, but I don't fear Him in, in, in these other. Well, these three, are, it's only a matter of time until they're gone too. The days are evil. There are scam artists. There are sexual predators. There are weapons of mass destruction out there. Uh, don't use one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine as your p- password on your on your bank account. I mean, this they're just they're just things that that are evil. Paul wrote to Second Timothy and uh, to Timothy, not Second Timothy. He was the first one, I guess, but it's a second letter that we have. Uh, and he said, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Terrible times. But be wise, and how do you do that? Does anybody remember what, he, what the passage that we read earlier? Be wise, understand the Lord's will. That's, that's what it's all about. The right question is always, 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 what does God want? That's always the right question. And, you know, sometimes I tend to forget that. Uh, I think we all do, but sometimes I tend to forget that. And, uh, you know, there are, uh, and, and I, generally, I generally find out before too long that that was a mistake, tending to forget that. Uh, something as simple as, and I've mentioned this before, but I'll, I'll mention it again. When I go in, to a store. From here, from the parking lot to the store, I, I'm praying. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not praying necessarily every step of the way, but I always pray before I get in there, Lord, help me to buy what I should buy. Help me to not buy what I shouldn't buy. And, you know, let's go. You go in there with me. Can I go, God wants to go shopping with you? Yeah, duh. He does. Uh, of course, he, 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 he will go anywhere with you. Uh, you know, he, he'll tell you something like that. Well, yeah, I don't always listen, but I ask him. I, I, wanna, I want him to know that, that I'm interested in what he thinks about what I should do in this place with the money that, I, that he has entrusted to me that already belongs to him. It makes sense to me. So should I go or should I stay? Should I buy? Should I sell? Should I say yes? Should I say no? Find out what the Lord's will is. And this isn't just about, you know, COVID-19. It's, all of, it's about all of life. Uh, the, and the answer isn't what I hear on the news or what I read on the internet. How many of you know Google is not a doctor? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's okay. Look up some stuff, but... Google's not a doctor. When, uh, when I, for the first few years of, um, of uh, my ministry, one of the things that I had to learn was uh, people would come to me sometimes and they'd go, you know, well, what do you think, Pastor? And for a while I would tell them. And then I realized, oh, that's a dumb thing to do. <laughs> what does it matter what I think? What I think is... You need a word from God. You, you need to hear what God is saying to you. So what I think is, let's, let's find out how to get you there. 
so that you can do something based on what God's told you and not on what pastor thinks about something? The answer is with God, and you can trust Him. On the night that He was betrayed, Jesus said to His disciples, He told them a lot of things, but He told them why. He said, I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. It's not, I'm telling you now before it happens, so that you can go out and stock up on grape juice, you know, or, or go out and and, and buy more toilet paper. I'm telling you so that when it comes to pass, you'll know I got it. You'll know that I was, that I was there ahead of this. I mean, the disciples had had a great week. They, here they were in Jerusalem. The, uh, the, the crowds had uh, welcomed Jesus into the city. The, the religious establishment seemed to be back on its, on its heels. And, you know, Jesus seemed to be going to the top. And Jesus knew that within a few hours... Everything was going to be demolished that they were, that they were basking in. You know, and they were, they were having a feast. They were having a, uh, you know, I know Passover is, is, is rather solemn, but I think they have some fun at that too. You know, they, they, were, they were at a party. And Jesus said, let me tell you what's going to happen tonight. You're not going to be feeling this way tomorrow night. But when you're not, I want you to remember, I told you before it took place. Jesus prepared them, and He has prepared us also. Luke 21, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilence in various places, and fearful events, and great signs from heaven. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity. That, you know, there might be a situation that will even come up where nations don't know what to do, and one's doing this, and one's doing that, and, you know, do we close this down? Do we shut this border? Do we do this? Do we do that? They don't know what to do because they're in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. And, you know, you, you can take that literally, but, but the sea... Uh, especially when it's in turmoil, in, in Scripture is uh, 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 a metaphor uh, for mankind, for, for people, for the, for the human, human race. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. You know. people, people will be scared. People will be panicking. People will be doing irrational things. And when all this happens, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption's drawing nigh. This stuff has to happen. You know, Jesus isn't going to come back at a time when everything is just going so well that we're all kind of going, uh, we're actually doing okay right now. <laughs> no, when he comes back, I mean, I've started praying Come quickly. I don't know about you, but that's, certain, that's entered the vernacular of, of my prayer life. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We, we, we're in a mess. And I, and I started praying that before COVID-19. Psalm 45, 46, 1 says, God is our strength, our refuge and strength 
an ever-present help, an ever-present help in trouble. Do you believe that? Do, do, do you believe that? Because if you do, you, you can, you'll act with caution, but you won't act out of fear. And if you do, the worship team can come on out. If you do, you also get a therefore. And the next verse can, contains the therefore. God is our refuge, our strength, and ever-present help in times of trouble. I believe that. Therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. And it goes on to say, though, though, the, though the mountains fall into the sea and the earth gives way, that hadn't happened yet. So how much more when there's a toilet paper shortage? How much more, you know, when, yeah, there's this disease, and it's, it's serious. I'm not making light of it by any means. But my life's hidden in his, under the shadow of the, of the Almighty. Yeah. 